This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, September 14th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. Well, another big big thank you this week to another Broken Egg CEO, Paul Macaluso, for a job well done last week. Paul delivered tremendous take-home value, and I hope you heard it and will agree. You know, it's just another compelling reason to subscribe to Franchise Today so that each week's interviews just show up for you and you never have to worry about missing a single episode. And with a roster of high-level guests that we've been hosting, why would you ever want to run the risk of missing one? Like today's interview with Jennifer Schuler. CEO of Wetzel's Pretzels, or next week's fascinating conversation with Jane Grody Abel, an amazing advocate for women in business, for philanthropy, and a founding family member and chairwoman of the board at Donato's Pizza. Or the week after that, when it's Nick Friedman, co-founder at College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving, talking about everything from his appearance on the very first episode ever of Shark Tank, to their explosive growth and private equity infusion, and to his more recent appearance on Undercover Boss. All of these are compelling reasons to subscribe to Franchise Today and no longer need to keep track of these interviews with amazing franchise pros. No longer will you have to go search for new episodes. Instead, they'll just appear on your phone and you'll need not remember whether you've listened to one or the other or where it was that you left off. Instead, your podcast app will now keep track of everything related to Franchise Today for you and new episodes will just pop into your phone on automatically. So, no matter where you go to find us, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, just hit subscribe, and if you really want to show some love, share the link with your friends and peers as well. Okay, time now to take care of some quick business with Atmosphere TV, and when I return, I'm joined by Wetzel's Pretzel's CEO, Jennifer Schuler. Don't go away. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with more than 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with more than 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV. TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you. Instead of watching the clock 
and their wait times. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. You know, about a dozen years ago, I remember having a conversation with Amit Pamecha, the founder of FranConnect, who back then just happened to be my boss. It was a conversation over dinner about how, back then, we didn't seem to run into too many MBAs in the franchising world. Well, fast forward to today, and I think it's safe to say that that trend has changed. We hear from guests all the time here on Franchise Today who have MBAs to their credit. But it's not every day that those MBAs are earned at the Stanford University Graduate School of Business, much less with an emphasis in marketing operations and entrepreneurship. Well, that all changes today as my guest, Wetzel's Pretzel CEO, Jennifer Schuler, checks that box for us and is here to tell us all about that and more. Jennifer Schuler. Welcome to Franchise Today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pleasure having you here and getting to know you today. And Jennifer, I've got to do what I do every week in beginning these interviews. I talk to CEOs every week from brands small and large, but it's not every week that I talk to Stanford MBAs sitting in CEOs' seats in franchising. So (laughs) with your kind of background... How did franchising find you? Yeah, thanks, Dan. It's a great question. You know, for me, it started with a passion in the food space. So after Stanford, I went to General Mills, where I worked for about five years in brand management on food brands that we all know and love. You know, I started in Big G cereals and I worked on Cocoa Puffs and Cookie Crisp and Kicks and all the the cereals from my own childhood. And then I worked in Yo Play Yogurt and I worked in the food service division. So we were not doing the big splashy television campaigns to consumers, but we were selling into restaurants and into college and university cafeterias, into business and industry cafeterias, into C-stores, convenience stores. And I think that's where I first got the bug for food service. Um, And that continued and I found my way to Wetzel's. And I, I came to Wetzel's as a CMO, chief marketing officer, with a real focus around the consumer side of the business. I loved the product. Going to the mall, when I took my own kids, no visit was complete without a stop at Wetzel's Pretzels. And I loved the brand and I thought that it had a ton of potential to continue to innovate and grow. But as you said, I had never worked in franchising before. That was a first for me and actually really like a delight once I got into the business because it, for me, gave us a higher level purpose for what we did. Like certainly... From the consumer perspective, we offered a fresh baked snack that for a family shopping through the mall was something they could feel about good about giving to their kids because it had some protein or it was baked fresh and they could feel good about it. And the kids were really happy with a little bit of a treat. And so it really had a reason for being there. 
And then you move into the franchising side and find we have this whole other reason for being. And that's to create wealth for individuals and in many cases, build generational wealth and in many cases, build generational wealth beyond when that what that person might have anticipated was uh, possible for them. And I look at Wetzel's franchising system and it's just astonishing what the entrepreneurs in our system have been able to do, how they've been able to grow and hearing each of their stories, which is so diverse and so unique from where they started. I think our number one franchisee in the system uh, was an immigrant to the United States. And it's been phenomenal to see how he's been able to grow into a very large organization vis-a-vis a partnership with Wetzel's. And so to me, it's just added another level of purpose to what we do. And that is building wealth and supporting the families behind the entrepreneurs that are in partnership with Wetzel's Pretzels. So you covered a whole lot of real estate in about three minutes <laughs> and from the highest of high levels, but we're going to come back and unpack some of that. Okay, So let's do it. from your marketing days, your marketing days brought you to Wetzel's in what position in marketing? I started as the chief marketing officer in 2014. So now you're the chief marketing officer in 2014 of a brand with how many locations at that time? Oh, probably about 200 locations then. And are those all franchised or are those combinations of franchised and company owned? Uh, it's a combination, but we think of ourselves as a franchise first organization. So we, as, as we grow, we've maintained about 90% of our locations are franchised. You know, the corporate stores for us, certainly they're a good contributor to the profit of the company, but we also see them more importantly as a way to build capability and credibility with our franchisees. So we are in it with them. We understand what it takes to run these operations and we're using it to build, when I say the capability, best practices. You know, when we uh, recommend to franchisees that they should take pricing and increase their prices in stores, we've done it at the corporate stores first and have had a chance to observe the impact on our top line and bottom line before we would roll a recommendation out to the rest of the system. So I really do think they serve a valuable role for us in terms of being a responsible franchisor that gives real world solutions based on what we've tested ourselves. So you had to have a steep learning curve in that you were probably subject matter expert and were considered for the position as being highly competent and qualified because of your background in national brands and the things that you did preceding your journey into Wetzel's. But now you're walking into a world where you not only have the national brand Wetzel's and the marketing associated with it, but you have the difference between a brand where you're a national brand and you're an employee controlling Mm -hmm. distribution to restaurants of your products to a franchise world, which is entirely different ecosystem and a much different relationship between a franchisee and a franchisor. What was the fast track for you to learn not just the difference in the business model, but the role that you play in it and that the language and everything about it is much, much different, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, I think anytime you're entering a new organization, whether that's an organization which you already have deep expertise in that industry or that's an industry switch, you get a period of time when your main job is just to educate yourself. And and like, you know, when politicians go on listening tours at the start of, of a new role, it's kind of the same thing here. It's really spending the early days of the job, getting to know all the relationships, all the drivers in the business, spending time in the field, spending time in the bakeries, 
spending time building the relationships. And for me, I think we have to have a level of humility to do that and to, to know that you don't know everything. And certainly for me, there was a lot to learn relative to franchising, but to, that was also really exciting just to get, to get to learn that and know that. And in consumer brands, like in big CPG, if you want to go learn something about your brand, you have to launch like a big expensive consumer insights study and you plan it and you do focus groups and intercepts and it's all this work. And what I found was really exciting and dynamic about retail and franchising is that if I wanted to go learn something about the brand or the operations, I could walk to a store and watch consumers and how they interact. And if I wanted to get even you know deeper knowledge, I could talk to a handful of franchisees about, hey, when we did this promotion, how did people respond? What were the challenges? What did you notice? what was going on across the counter. And a lot of our franchisees have been in our system for decades now, right? For many years. And so they have deep expertise, deep history with the brand and the consumer. And so they're highly attuned to the impact of the changes that we make. And so for me, it was exciting to feel like it was so dynamic. The ability to get to insights and data was quicker and you had access to all of these subject matter experts around you who could not only give you input, but also had their own ideas on um, how we could grow, change and innovate. And then too, you have the different universes of Wetzel's is your business for perhaps retailers and then Wetzel's in your business for the non-traditional side of stadiums or airports or other non-traditional locations. Sure. That was a learning curve too, wasn't it? Sure. Yeah. And, you know, we're doing more and more of store within a store, you know, whether that's within a Walmart, Macy's, you know, we're doing some stores directly inside Macy's. Um, within convenience stores we're operating. But you know what, what I think, um, so you have to learn how to operate in someone else's home. But I would say for us, we had the good fortune of one of our early locations we had was here in Disneyland in the downtown Disney area. We have a Wetzel's that's been there for gosh, nearly 20 years. And so from our very early days, we had some practice at operating within someone's home, within their operating standards. And of course, within Disney operating standards, some of the best of the best. So I think that's within our DNA as an organization. And we do quite well at adopting to operating within, let's call it someone else's home with a store within a store model. So through these changing years through pandemic, how much influence has the pandemic had on any changes to the model that you're building for the future? How much is different than what it was pre and post COVID? Sure. You know, I think what I saw in general for the pandemic is it catalyzed and put like a rocket engine fuel behind changes that were happening already. It just expedited those and brought them forward. So if you think about delivery in the food service space, delivery was happening before, but of course, you know, with uh, operations having to be closed during the pandemic in 2020 era, that just fast forwarded everyone's need to get on delivery, their dependence on it, their ability to manage the technology. So they were changes that were happening already, but they kind of brought them forward faster. And so the two that I think of um, specific to us is one around consumer trends, and the second would be around new formats and moving into non-traditional format locations. So we saw consumers already in our brand using it more and more, less like a snack and more like a mini meal, like a grab and go meal. We saw that in the types of items that they were buying, more of the items that carried protein, like our dog bites and our pizza bits. And that had been happening slowly leading up to the pandemic. Post-pandemic, we saw a major shift into that 
that area. I think consumers snacking behavior has changed. Like certainly during the pandemic, day parts got shifted when you didn't have the rigor of like a school or a business day people ate and snacked differently. And I think that those behaviors have stuck and people are using us much more like a grab and go meal. It's convenient, it's affordable, it's fresh, it's filling and it's fast. And it's all the things that people are looking for. And I think the value proposition for some sit down dining isn't always there with the price increases that consumers are seeing and the challenge on the service model. I know it's a tough place to be, uh, but I think it, that has actually benefited Wetzel's in many ways because it's a great alternative option. And so we're seeing incredibly strong same store sales comps in 2021 and continuing here in 2022 because of that change that I think the pandemic brought forward post pandemic. And then the other piece was around real estate formats. You know, we strongly believe that people want pretzels in a lot of different places outside of the mall locations. Our malls do really well, but we think that we have ways we can bring pretzels to the people wherever the people are at. And if that's shopping at a Walmart, if that's stopping at a convenience store for gas, if that's at a festival and they can get it in a food truck, generally consumers are going to a mall every other month, right? So maybe they're getting to the mall, they're getting a pretzel six times a year at best. And we think it's a product people would, um, but that's not the ceiling on the number of times someone would want to enjoy a hot, fresh pretzel. So prior to the pandemic, we'd been doing a lot of work around uh, flexing our operating model and our real estate footprint to be able to enter um, some of these non-traditional locations. And I think, again, just post-pandemic today, I think 75% of our openings in 2022 will come from what we define as those non-traditional types of locations. So again, I think that was happening before the pandemic, and then it just forced it forward faster. Insightful and very, very on-point points of view today coming from Jennifer Schuler, CEO of Wetzel's Pretzels. Why don't we do this, Jennifer? Why don't we take a quick break right here, and then let's come back and talk some more about the difference between the traditional and non-traditional sides of the business and how they play well and nicely together. Okay. And then we want to learn a little more about the trajectory that took you from the marketing office of Wetzel's all the way to the CEO's desk. Jennifer Schuler is our guest, and we'll be right back to pick it up and talk some more about Wetzel's Pretzels right after this. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zor Forum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zor Forum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zor Forum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zorforum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.com. That's www.zorforum.com. And my conversation today continues with Jennifer Schuler, CEO 
at Wetzel's Pretzels. So Jennifer, why don't we talk more about the interrelationships between traditional and non-traditional operators and how the brand is able to play nice on both fronts to the benefit of both types of operations. Are there different brand funds? Are there different brand contributions or marketing schemes that help foster that? Or how does that look on the back end? Sure. You know, I think we all represent the same brand. And so part of that and being a consumer marketer is like, we want to ensure that any place a consumer experiences the Wetzel's Pretzels brand, that there is a consistency in terms of product quality, look and feel and experience at the register. So we keep it on the back end. You know, it's a singular ad fund. The marketing department is all tied together so that we can ensure that consistency. That's our responsibility as a franchisor to our individual business owners that that, that brand continues to deliver a premium quality and something consumers really love and, and delight in and are excited when they see like, oh my gosh, now it opened up in the Walmart down by my house or I can get it at the gas station that's on the corner when I drop off kids at soccer. So I think when you think about the types of locations we're in, very often you're going after a captive audience. And so there isn't a lot of cannibalization and we're very careful and cautious to be sure we do our growth in a sensible and sustainable way, words that you use at the top of this call stand. But when you think about those captive audiences, if you've got a franchisee in a mall location, the idea that there might be a Walmart several miles down the road from them, that's a different captive audience. People aren't trading those visits for one another. And so we're able to do that in such a way that um, we have not seen cannibalization. And you know, at 350 units, there's still a ton of white space across the country for the brand. And I think what you start to happen, certainly what we have seen is when we look at markets where we have more depth and more infill and more strength of brand presence, we can see that the AUVs for those markets tend to be stronger and build over time. So as people see the brand more in a market, it actually strengthens the overall brand. And that's where we are at our point in our growth. For other brands that are at 10,000 units or whatever that number is, it gets harder. But where we are in our growth is that it continues to build the brand as we bring in more locations in and around a region. There are two things I remember from back in my days of being head of global development for Blimpy Subs and Salads. We had tremendous relationships on the non-traditional side, but there was always the concern about the balance between the number of units non-traditional versus the number of of units that were traditional blimpy mm -hmm. stores. Is there a kind of a ratio that, that you kind of watch for so that you don't have the ability as I did? I mean, I worried when we'd have Mobile or Exxon on 300 franchises and one decision could take down 300 signs if it didn't go our way. Mm -hmm. So always conscious of what percentage of the brand was in non-traditional hands. How's that look for you today? Yeah, you know, I think non-traditional is still more greenfield for us. So we're not at that stage that you were at at Blimpy's. It's still earlier days for us. And we experienced that more on the mall side where we would consider traditional. There's a few big mall players, Simon, Westfield, to name a few, Brookfield are the big players. We have focused on making sure we have high quality relationships with key players like that. And we believe that those come through tenure and especially tenure on our own team. So we have incredible longevity in this brand, you know, like our 
head of real estate, TC Madrano, incredibly talented person. I think she's got just shy of 18 years with the company. And so her depth of relationships, knowing the key players, they go pretty deep in the years that she's worked with mall landlords. And I think that really benefits us. And, and I mean, if you look in our operations team, our average tenure for our operations teams, who's out visiting the franchisees is 10 years, pushing past 10 years, actually. And that's pretty incredible because think about the depth of experience you have with a restaurant, with an operation, like you doing this podcast over the years, it comes across so smoothly and so beautifully because you have that depth of experience. And so I think that's a huge value and something we focus on here at corporate is making a culture that allows people to build long careers here that creates opportunity for them. And then we find that all of our external relationships go smoother and better as a result. What do you do to protect the brand when you've got a brand that has such an iconic following and you put it into a non-traditional environment? The sense of culture, I think, when a brand goes inside a store is a little different than the sense of loyalty that might come from the franchisee on Main Street mm -hmm. who operates at the Wetzel's because it is his business, where in the gas station, it's 200 or 300 square feet. How do you drive that culture all the way across? It is important. And I think it starts with our selection criteria in the beginning. We're pretty picky about, let's say we're looking at a convenience store partner. We're pretty picky about what does that convenience store look like? What's the quality of that operation? What is the operator's dedication to food service? Like, is it an afterthought to gas or do they see it as a really important component to their sales and to driving traffic and to servicing their community and their customer? And we're going to pick the ones where it's the latter because they're going to be more successful with our brand and we're going to be happier with the brand presentation. So I think it's a lot about that selection criteria in the beginning. And I think in some ways right now, we've got some of our most passionate owners are some of our non-traditional owners. And I'll give you a small example. We have a food truck owner out of Utah. His name is Ethan Cisneros and he runs a Wetzel's Pretzels food truck there. We were in the Rose Parade this year in January, one of the most iconic moments for the brand. And we had an opportunity to put a food truck at the Rose Bowl game. And we didn't have one in Los Angeles. Ethan and his team during the holiday season drove that truck from Utah, figured out the permitting, and we had it at the game Rose Bowl day. And so that's just like incredible passion went above and beyond to get out here to help build the brand in a moment that was a real milestone for us. And so we've found that some of our non-traditional owners who are moving into new spaces are in many cases some of our most passionate owners because they're excited about the opportunity to spearhead the growth in non-traditional formats. Great story, and I'll thank you for sharing that. And talking about passion, does the brand have a national charity or are franchisees left to find their own locally or regionally? Yeah, we, we've done a little bit of work with No Kid Hungry, and we've been more focused actually over the last two years internally around this idea of how we can use franchising as a platform for social justice and franchising as a platform to build generational wealth in communities where that could make a really big impact. And so we have been designing a program internally that we call Access to Equity. And really that was us taking a look at our managers across the country. And so many of those were women and so many of those were people of color. 
and candidly weren't reflected enough in our ownership group. And I believe that some of those folks could be with their operational experience, could be some really talented owners and may need some more support and resources from our organization to get them there. And there are people outside our system that I think could really benefit from a partnership with Wetzel's to build generational wealth. And so access to equity, we've spent two years building content capital partners and community around targeting those populations. And so now we have some capital partners who know what we're trying to do and are willing to step up in the lending space. We're offering discounts on our franchise fee and some royalty relief and looking for discounts from all of our vendor partners, right? When they start out like, okay, Pepsi, give them a leg up. Edward Don, let's give them a discount on, on their equipment. All of our ecosystem, if we can come together to help with bringing that cost of that investment down just enough to be able to get these owners into our system. And then we're connecting with organizations like Operation Hope that's going to be offering some business 101 training, how to read and interpret a PL and what that can tell you about your business. And then once they come in the system where the community element is partnering them with a mentor, someone who has been successful at growing and expanding at Wetzel's that they can go to and ask questions when the going gets rough, because we know it does for a brand new owner and a brand new entrepreneur. So that's where we're excited about making a social impact with the brand. And we just signed our first franchisee within our access to equity program. I love all of that. And I applaud all of that. Invite you to get more involved with a conversation with me following today's conversation about becoming engaged with the IFA's Diversity Institute, of which I'm a founding board member. Ah, um, we've been looking at that a little bit and wondering how to get connected there. I would really welcome that connection. And what you've just described in this last segment, I can like distill that down to five words, which is doing well by doing good and having a partner like John Hope Bryant puts you at the top of my list. Awesome. Operation Hope, something that I've been associated with for a great many years. Oh, you're kidding. Really? Oh, That's this is John. a great connection. Yeah. So I want to do this in the time we've got left. We left part of the conversation about your personal journey <laughs> back in the marketing department, but I would love for you to walk us up to the C-suite and how you got there and what were some of the milestones along the way before we run out of time today. Let me think about that. And like for listeners, what's relevant or helpful I'm in the path along the way. I think for me, it was chief marketing officer. Then I moved into the president role after about, let's see, I think it was about 2017. I moved into the president role, which at that point meant I took responsibility for the development team. So franchise development and, and construction, and then moved into the CEO role uh, in 2019. So I had a year under my belt before we entered the pandemic. And I think it's been an amazing run. I can't imagine a better cultural fit than what I found here. And I think my ability to achieve those milestones and become, in this case, the first, actually the first non-founder CEO, first female CEO of the company. So it was run incredibly well and successfully by the founders, Rick Wetzel and Bill Phelps, until we made the transition and a pretty big transition for the brand to move from founder-led and to me. And so I think part of it was when I moved to Wetzel's, I got really really crystal clear around what I wanted and what I was good at and what I brought to an organization. And so I was really looking for that organizational fit, not just like, oh, I liked the brand or it was close to my home. Although those things mattered very much to me. I had young kids and I didn't want to commute and I wanted to be able to have some work-life balance, but I had like really clear around all of the elements of what 
was going to be the right fit and a place where I thought I could make an impact. And I was very narrow in my search. And then in doing that and being really focused around that fit, I was able to find a place, not only that fit for me, but where I could have a positive impact. And when you get those two things together, I think the ability to grow in the organization happens much more naturally, smoothly, easy, organically, and with some patience, some patience around learning and growing and focus on doing what you said, doing well by doing good, you know, doing the right things and I think that's been critical to me finding my seat here. We are turning the final corner here in our time left together today, Jennifer. Are there any things that you wished I would have asked you that I haven't? I'm really glad we got a chance to talk about access to equity. I'm so excited for what that could do for this organization and for people we haven't even met yet and what it could do for our general managers, that 30, 35 general managers out there that hopefully this creates a path to ownership for them. So I'm excited about that. I'm glad we got to talk about that. I think the one thing I would like to talk about a little bit is like where we're going next. And I think we're in kind of a next level of innovation in terms of store format for this brand. So we're closing in on 28 years old, something like that, which means you're now hitting a second generation of consumers. And that's incredibly exciting. Some restaurant brands don't turn that corner and and are no longer relevant with the second generation. I think what we're finding is we're actually picking up pace. What we're seeing in consumer trends around snacking is giving us an incredible tailwind. And so we're picking up pace in that way. And I think now the brand is entering a place in a consumer mindset that has some emotion to it and some nostalgia to it more than just serving a function because people remember going back to school shopping with their mom and dad and always stopping to get a Wetzel's pretzels. And now those kids are becoming adults with families of their own. And that experience has more emotion attached to it than ever. And so that excites me because that now gives a brand the opportunity to live and play in a lot of different places, whether that looks like license of the Wetzel's brand, merchandising of the brand, or I think for us, what's most in front of us now is moving into street side locations. People are looking for that quick grab and go meal and pretzel is the perfect platform for it. I think about Chipotle, right? Chipotle started with that iconic silver wrapped burrito. That's what it started with. And now you can get bowls and tacos and quesadilla and pretty much most anything that you would want. I think the same thing could be true for Wetzel's that at its core, we start with the iconic pretzel, but you can twist that form into all kinds of delicious, savory, and sweet creations that would enable this to be a street side location where people can use it for a lot of occasions, for a grab and go meal, for a quick snack, for a sweet treat and a dessert. And so we've been working on product innovation, menu expansion to start putting in what you'll see soon is Wetzel's pretzels on the street. So in power centers, next to targets, in next to college and university campuses, where we think there's a big opportunity for a late night menu. So I think you're going to see continued innovation from us in terms of both menu and format. It sounds exciting and you've got it all going on and your passion is something you can't fake. So it's, <laughs> it's great to hear your enthusiasm for not only where you've been, but where you are and where you're heading. And to that end, how do we help people find you if they want to learn more about the opportunity? Oh, awesome. Yeah, we would love to find other people with shared pretzel passion and people who want to make a great investment, but also find joy and meaning in the work that they do. Like we all have limited time in a day and limited time here on earth. And so finding a place that you connect and feel excited about and feel brings meaning and brings joy to your day, I think is what we look for for partners. The best way to find us is at wetzels.com and you can inquire about franchises there. 
Awesome. Jennifer, this time flew by and we covered an awful lot of ground. I want to thank you so much for coming here today and sharing so much with this audience. And we'll come back and do it again, talking about some of these things that are being implemented today a little further down the road. Fair enough? That sounds great. Would love to do that. Jennifer Schuler, CEO of Wetzel's Pretzels. Thanks for joining us today on Franchise Today. Thank you, Stan. Well, that's a wrap for today. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week, I return to do it all again when we're joined by Jane Grody Abel, an amazing advocate for women in business, philanthropy, and as a founding member and chairwoman of the board at Donato's Pizza. She'll be here to tell her amazing story of growing up in the family business to become the chairwoman of the board of this 375-unit chain that her family previously sold to and then reacquired from none other than McDonald's. You don't want to miss this one. Until then, I'm Stan Friedman, wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.